Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pod Stallions. I am Brian, and with me to my left in Tinseltown is Mr. Jason Lenzi. How are you, my friend? Hello, everyone. Hello, sir. I'm all right. Happy 2021 to you. Happy 2021. We made it. We made <laughs> But it didn't automatically get better at New Year's. Um, Unless this is a simulation. Unless I was expecting like this, you know, like crossing over into a new reality but here i am still in 2020 yeah I, I hopefully by march it becomes its own thing um what we thought we would do is the best of 2020 and seeing as that year sucked we're done good night everybody <laughs> honestly this is gonna be the weirdest best of year my, my list is very short it's best of 2020 all of it yeah, I just put all yeah. of it. It was magical thing. time. I mean, I don't know how much of this is going to cross over from our binge watching episode and, and other things. And frankly, we don't care. Um, I'll go even further. I don't even know the, the mini list that I sort of made. I'm not even sure if that happened in 2020 or in 2019. Half of this. I shit. didn't prepare. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be a magical episode. <laughs> I didn't prepare because um, it's family day here, and um, I've been uh, playing board games with my kids. My oh. fa- my kids are home, and uh, what a coincidence! It's family day here too. I broke into the house down the street when the family was oh. gone. Started How are going, they? Started going through their fridge, put on a movie, and they came home. And I said, "Hey, where have you guys been?" And they almost called the cops. So it was kind of like family day here. Do you remember that movie with Robin Williams called One Hour Photo? Yeah, he's like he's like blonde in that. Like he's got blonde. Yeah, hair. he's he's kind of creepy, and he's like an old age makeup. Oh, yeah. The the best scene in that movie is for me was when he broke into the house. He broke into the family's house. Yeah. And there's just a scene of him taking a dump. <laughs> like that's what he does when he breaks into the family's house. He takes a dump, and I. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the creepy because the whole thing was he could, he was learning about their lives through their photos, right? He was. Yeah, it, it turns out he was. Well, I don't want to give spoil. Well, I, how old is that movie? Spoilers. Um, yeah, he he turns out he's not the psycho you thought he was, and I thought that was kind of a neat twist. But um, yeah, he, he's, little, he's he's a little psycho. Yeah, that movie doesn't. It's funny now, like that one hour photo. Like it doesn't kind of work now. Oh, we, no. you know, people. Yeah, you know, people rarely like. My wife does photos like once a year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> developing. Nobody prints photos. I don't know. If, I don't know if people frame photos. Do people like frame photos in their in their homes anymore? Is that a thing? Oh Maybe yeah. Photos? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's that's good. Glad that's still going. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at that. We we barely started. We're already talking about one hour photo. Look at how topical this is. Oh yeah, we're, we're on the zeitgeist. Um, so we're just gonna talk about the best of things of 2020. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we had an election here in America. That was a. Oh, I didn't hear about it. That was a. That was a highlight. I know we don't tend to get political on the show, so I won't. But I think anyone who's ever heard me talk kind of knows where I stand on things. So it's nice to be in 2021. Um, it's been interesting because um, we here we had this year where um, we couldn't go to movies to see new films. We, we I saw we, one film last year. Also, we, I, I cut my hair in the bathroom last week. <laughs> Oh wow! See that I that I haven't that I haven't done yet, um, but um, but um, I, we we saw some like I, I can't I can't even think of the last theatrical film I saw for in twenty. <laughs> I, 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 I can I can and it's you know my favorite. It yeah, I, the last one I saw was and this feels like um, another planet, but. Yeah. Uh, I had date night with my lovely wife, and yep. we went out and we had chicken and waffles. Then we went to a retro arcade that's in our town. Then we went and saw um, Harley, The Emancipation of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I think that's what it's called, or was it Birds of Prey and the? And um, I adored it. I Can thought I just, it was great. That, I think that I like that movie. I think that's. A, I had fun. It's it's I, completely bonkers it's completely yeah. bonkers and i like that it just didn't seem to care that it was no. it was trying to do something and you know like going through the credits like everyone every they're all writing producing it's all all female centric the whole the whole thing yeah. top to bottom the main and it's like this this it wasn't this hit you over the head empowerment thing either it really wasn't they were no. the goofy characters it was extreme it's a bit bugs bunny-ish actually it is and, and i yeah. I like that. And I don't know anyone else who saw it, I don't think. Well, actually, I know lots of people who saw it and they hated it. And, oh. you know, m but most of the people that I talked to were kind of comic book fans. And, you know, I probably haven't read a lot of comic books in, in the last 20 years. So, like, I know who Harley Quinn is and I, I obviously know who the Huntress is and who who Black Canary is. But I, I'm one of those people that, like, I just tell me a story I don't care if she looks like the character from the comics yeah. as long as I'm entertained. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people that just tell me an entertaining story and show me a fun movie um, that does. And, and I'll, just just to be completely on board, my wife and I have been watching the Marvel movies recently, mm -hmm. and I am not a fan of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Okay. Um, and I, I get why now, like I kind of broke it down, is that it just you know that we've had five spider-man movies where he's this maudlin character and you know what was me so marvel went and said well we've got to do something different with spider-man and they injected yep. a lot of comedy and you know they surround him with comedians they surround him yep. with comic talent you've got marissa tomei you've got hannibal burris you've got you know um but um it just doesn't work for me and i think tom holland's a very talented comic actor but you don't like uh, him you don't like him in the part or you don't like I just don't like the what they've done with it like I okay. don't want Spider-Man going to a party and you know he's got to be Spider-Man he's got to be Peter like that's very sitcom and I just um for me I think you could still do that but Spider-Man's got to have that like that moment of you know that Ditko moment where you know he's under the thing and he 
he's like it seems like they've taken something out of that spider-man and i and I, you know i'm free for debate i don't hate it i no, i, I, I understand what they're doing and i i get that they're trying to make it more interesting but that doesn't jive for me but um with this birds of prey I, film so I was say, the problem is you've got four previous movies yeah well five five well, no, I mean, the, I mean the. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, five. Yeah, I, for, I keep forgetting about Spider-Man three. You mm. got five previous movies Ow. where, where <laughs> we covered, we covered, you know, in, in one way or another, the deaths. We've covered the. Yeah, covered and, and the, like, uh, I don't want to Gwen see Day. Uncle Ben die again. I no, get no, that. I don't need, so, yeah. so to me, I actually found it refreshing that they, they like from when he shows up in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing that the first time, and I went, "Oh my God, that's." spider-man like he's more peter parker to me there than any of the previous any of the Agreed. previous i i think i think his part in civil war is fun and i think one of the things that always you know spider-man spider-man and batman were my my two spider-man yeah. Cap, the captain american falcon comic and spider-man were my oh, yeah as as a yeah. kid but what always would sort of you know but not bum me out but just kind of be like eh, is is all the 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 angst and that is in central to the character i get it absolutely um, but but the the i kind of like what they've done with him where it's he's got the burden and then they shifted they shifted it to this responsibility thing without really hitting you over the head it's like tony becomes the mentor and goes you're not ready you can't and then he actually hits the emotional stuff and has to stretch you know physically and stuff in in that story um yeah. i i I would agree that as the Marvel stuff goes, which I, I, I you know, I, I love it. I mean, across the board, I could only grab a handful and go, eh. But there, much as I love him um, in it, I don't go to those two movies that much. I don't go to uh, Homecoming and Far From Home uh, that much yeah. to visit. Not because I don't like them, but just because it's it goes a, a little, um, you know, too comedic. jokey for it's me. The, it's the yeah. They got the freaks and geeks kid, you know, to write it and and the yeah. other dude it and you know all and, that. And, and it's not it's not that I like. Oh God, this sucks. Right. No, it, it it's it's a quality film. They're both good films. Yeah. It's that I just uh, you know like excuse me, I disagree with the direction of this. You know like um and yeah, we rewatched Homecoming and I I didn't like it, but. With this Harley Quinn thing, I think the, the, the most important thing of this is, is that I don't have that um, predilection with the characters. I have absolutely no idea. No big, like, no emotional roots to any right. of them. Right. And so you can just kind of sit there and go, like, well, I'm having fun. And, yes, this young girl is not the Batgirl that of the comics I absolutely Ooh. never read. No, but you know, right. I, um, it was I looked it up. I had no idea who she was really. Yeah, I, I had to look it up. I knew who Montoya was because she's yeah. in the Batman animated series, and I thought that um, Rosie Perez was amazing as that. And um, I really, I you know, I really love uh, the actress playing Harley Quinn. I, I could watch her. Um, uh, I could watch her do anything uh, yeah. apparently, and um, I really actually quite loved uh, Ramona from. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, one of my favorite films, uh, doing uh, oh, uh, the, the Huntress. I thought that was great. I forgot she was you in know? it. That's and right. and uh, I I thought um, Ewan McGregor was 
pulling like a Jeremy Irons in Dungeons and Dragons and chewing scenery as Black Mask, which yeah. again, another character I don't give a crap about. And, you know, so I, was, I think it really is, it depends on how far you are into the comics. If and you it are. Was, it was rated R. It was like yeah. they, made, they made a choice to go, we're not, maybe not going to get as many butts in the seats yeah. to do this thing or whatever. And I, I give them credit for trying. I give them credit for that too, because um, it didn't feel. You know how like you watch a Zack Snyder superhero film and you're like, you know, they really don't need to be swearing. And, you know, they really don't like yeah. why, why is Batman yeah. just guzzling whiskey? And, you know, you, you sit there and go, this is kind of exploitive. Like it thinks it's grown up, but it's not. Well, that's, um, very, that's it's very not Jeff. being grown up, you know, that's very Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns to me is the guy that's like, you know, it'd be cool if Batman said, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And like and let's he, show his penis in a comic. Well, yeah, yay, I need I needed that. Edgy, um, you know, and it's like, yeah. Just when you're forcing it, it just doesn't work. When it, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind him necessarily swearing. It's just, it's the way it's done. It's like, yeah, you're, you're trying to. Isn't that badass? You know, and, dick, you know, like, go get a, go get a barbed wire tattoo. Just leave yeah, me alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, so I like it. So that would, so I can see that's weird because I, I thought that was a couple years old. So I don't. No, even, that, that was from February. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell the last movie was that I saw in the theater um it, yeah. mu- it, it had i must have seen something in january or february i i had to have but i don't know i don't know what it was so so now we got this whole level of stuff that we've seen throughout 2020 that were going to be theatrical there's only a handful really that i think probably either of us saw um yeah when it, when it, you know streamed so i so let's save that for last because We'll go through like DVDs or things, or you know, we go through retro DVDs stuff. DVDs is obviously the one that I can talk the most about right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. I, um, I mean, like just five or six, but um, but you go, you go ahead. What's your, what was your, and it, and obviously, like we've done in the past, this could be like, you know, TV series that you love that suddenly on Blu-ray for the first time or whatever from yeah. 40. It yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just gonna go all over the place, and let's yeah. not have any kind of restrictions. So just go. The, the so, one, the one thing I got in May of 2020 was uh, Danger Diabolic on Blu-ray. Um, and I had I that was back when you could actually have friends over, and my friend and I socially or you know physically distanced, and we watched Danger Diabolic, and I can't remember the movie he put on, but I didn't like it. Um. <laughs> he, he's in the giallo cinema you know uh lily tomlin and john travolta no it wasn't moment by moment oh, i have that on i have that on later wait 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 what's the, what's the turning point is that lily tomlin too what's turning point what am i thinking i about? don't know I, i'm thinking a moment by moment was like the greatest bomb ever um travolta. and uh, you know what i now i want to watch moment by moment because it was horrible <laughs> um <laughs> He was on such a roll there too. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, wasn't that like a career like? He um, came, he came back with Urban Cowboy, I think, right after that, and that was big because that yeah. hit hit the mechanical bull stuff, you know, new. Yeah, new, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he hit the he hit the he hit the zeitgeist of that yeah. popularity. Everyone forgot um, about that one. What the hell's the turning point? That's about the turning dance. point is with uh, Mikhail Baryshnikov and Anne Bancroft. Yeah. Yeah. What well, are you watching ballet movies for there, fella? Not all Baryshnikov's movies. <laughs> I, don't do care, I, I don't care for him as a dancer. 
<laughs> I love his movies. But as an actor, you just think he's dreamy? That's as an actor, funny. I've got all of his stuff. <laughs> but dance, whatever. No, I'm a great, that's a Gregory Hines, same thing. Running scared? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Dancing, whatever. They're fine. Um, okay, so so he had a Giallo one. Well, that's funny because I was going to say one of my first ones that I think was I enjoyed more than I thought I would. I got, for obvious reasons, Severin put out a box set of Umberto Lenzi. And well, it, I think it was one of those. I think my buddy bought that Lenzi. He was like, I bought the Lenzi box set, which blew my mind because your name and him, you know what I mean? Like, because uh, we you and I were joking once. You we, you called him your uncle. We were friends on Facebook. I would always joke and call him yeah. Uncle Roberto. But he, we had, we sent a couple of notes back and forth before he passed away. But um, boy, those are great movies. Just insane, yeah. completely bonkers, and and not just because of the nudity. I mean, it's like she was a she was a pretty well known actor at the time. Like that was it was really bold stuff that she was doing. But they're really an insane period, you know, uh, thing. And some of them are, are just great gritty film noir kind of things. And it, it, you know, I've always, th- when I, I think when most people think of Giallo, you think of, you know, Argento and, um, you know, stuff like, uh, Suspiria and stuff like that. Yeah. But really, it's the, it's the gangster stuff is kind of how, it, how it started, like these crime kind of, you know, pulpy things. Um, and there's some great extras on them too, but it's just, um, just to have a box set of Umberto Lenzi, I thought was was kind of cool. So that that was a nice surprise. I, I devoured those. <clears throat> Been going through, you know, these marathon sessions of just, oh, maybe I'll try Babylon Five. Yeah, well, I, I remember I've seen I've seen a few episodes. What the hell? Are you okay? <laughs> um, watch. I've watched some of it. I'll say this because I went to HBO Max and I thought, okay, there's no excuse now. I should watch some of this. And so I've watched some, and I, I will give it this. Uh, what he set out to do seems to be pretty extraordinary. He set yeah. out a five-year uh, series, and <clears throat> and you know, the 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 you know the, the 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 selling point I think was we don't have to leave the the studio, like we don't have to leave the ship or whatever, and it's all you know political and whatever, and it's you know it's not going to be you know high budget whatever, but. Let me tell this story. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how much I'm going to watch, but I don't I have I'll say this and I'll probably get crucified for it. I've done this before with both Next Generation and uh, Deep Space Nine. And then, of course, I went I went I sat through two seasons of Discovery and I sat through a season of Picard. And without going into detail, I'm just going to say that pound for pound, I'm finding this show more interesting because I don't cringe as much like, like, like next generation, when that show is good, when those, when the writing and everything is just, it's all firing on all cylinders. It's a great, great show. The problem is you got to get through, you know, you know, four episodes on the pleasure planet or something where, you know, people are in a jacuzzi (laughs) with fucking clowns making, you know, (laughs) and shit. And I don't, I just can't, it's just like, uh, I can't, I, I just can't. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, this one seems to have more grit to it. These people hate each other and it's very political and whatever. So I don't know where it's going, but I, I kind of skipped the entire first season. And just because mm-hmm. you know what a box Lightner fan I am, I went right for the, for the box Lightner. <laughs> right I, 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 I just honestly remember, um, 
years ago I was like a you know a toy dealer and a bootleg video dealer and we would do these Star Trek shows and I I was young and we would get drunk and actually I think one of them we dropped acid while we were working at the show so we were not taking this seriously please tell me there's footage no but um the one of the guys <laughs> that was with me my my friend who's also named Brian who started this like business with me is actually in the pod stallions group. And he would actually probably tell you some of these stories. Well, um, if you're listening, buddy, now that you know, but we you had, know. we had some, I think he got, <laughs> Brian got into like all these, like, I guess he got on this mailing list and it was, he would get like letters from uh, not only the Bruce Boxleitner fan club, which we just thought was funny because this was just pre Babylon five. So he hadn't done anything since like bring him back alive and and Tron and stuff. How dare you? How dare you whitewash Scarecrow and Mrs. King out of existence? I'm so sorry. And then, but the other one that made me laugh was uh, he got into the Robert Hayes fan club. Oh, and and, you know, from Starman. And this was probably like 90 or 91. And he called me and he goes, I I got I got the newsletter. (laughs) And he goes, they actually the headline is Robert Hayes lands cheese whiz commercial. And um, I don't remember where I was, but I turned on the TV and there he was. And I'd like I just about like spit out whatever i was drinking because it was a robert hayes it, well no what it was I, that was it. it was in a hotel with my girlfriend and she turns on the tv and there's cheese whiz commercials she goes i think that was Starman," and i burst out laughing because i i realized what i you know my friend had called me about <laughs> this was news to the robert hayes fan club so bruce boxleitner we we used to read the bruce boxleitner fan club um newsletter which was you know, enchanting you know what's interesting about bruce boxleitner with no offense to him because he's a pretty good actor i think he's a listener too as well but oh, i think yeah, yeah. and mostly gilbert too taken, i think he's only made two theatrical films really that, that would be tron and tron legacy everything no else he's done has been television and he has sustained you know a, a 45 year career either doing miniseries or, you know, Hallmark things or... Yeah, but how many, how many feature films do you think Richard Chamberlain has made? Oh, uh, a thousand. <clears throat> no, yeah. I don't know. Probably, probably more. But the other thing is, Robert Hayes, I actually was at... This was, this was like a year before COVID, I don't know, 2019. When Robert Forster was still alive. But uh, uh, yeah. David Weiner invited me to go to a uh, cast reading. I mean not a cast, not the full cast, but a, a theatrical troupe that did this thing in the woods um, in Hollywood here, uh, reading Airplane. And, and oh, Robert, yeah. Robert, Robert Forster did the, the Peter Graves uh, part. Um, and so, and Robert Forster died like two or three months later. Like, like I mean, yeah. it, it shocked David because he had interviewed him and didn't know he was ill and everything. And so I got to see him again and chat with him because I'd, I'd see him, you know, now and then in, in places and talk about the business and stuff. He was always very encouraging to me. And I just I love the guy. Um, and Robert like Hay- a real down to earth dude. Real, down, real like like I'm a journeyman actor. That's what it's about. As long as I keep acting, you know, he wants to want to work with people. And, you know, he I remember the, what he said to me was like, don't forget, it's about today. It's about this thing right now, what we're doing. It's about every, every day today, you know, something along those lines about like, 
and I'm like, well, it's such a pleasure to be here with you to see that, to see that. I can't wait to see this. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to have fun. He's like, it's, it, this is what it's about. It's about enjoying this moment and this thing today, right now, every day. And little did we know, you know, he was, he was dying at the time and everything. So, but, um, but we got, I got to talk to him, got a great picture with him and everything. And then Robert Hayes showed up. He, he was there for it with, uh, Zucker, uh jerry i think jerry oh jerry jerry zucker and then they went up on stage to talk about it afterwards and i start chatting with robert hayes because this other dude that i recognize you know who's who's been a character guy the guy this this, this other dude was in like taking a pelham one two three i forget his name but he's like if you saw his face you go i saw that guy in literally every show from the 70s and 80s every sitcom and i recognized him on stage we got to talking he knows robert hayes they start talking he's bemoaning the fact that like we don't get calls. We can't, you know, we did, these guys have been around for a long time and they don't do anything. And then Zucker talks about Airplane. I think Airplane cost about $6 million. No, might have been like $3.2 million. Airplane made like like $160 million. Airplane is perfect. It, it was like it, the most successful movie that that studio, from 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 investment to, to box office. And Jerry Zucker said, Jerry Zucker said they couldn't hide the money fast enough. <laughs> so I always yeah. think like Robert Hayes and go, my God, you're in this iconic movie that everybody knows. Anyone that knows comedy, this is one of the top tier things ever. And, and he's great in it. He, and he's he getting rules. a commercial in 91. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. You know, it just I found it like a weird well, thing. The, to I'm surprised you didn't. So. Go, yeah, I knew about this. Well, how'd you know? about yeah. you? Oh, yeah. No, I had a, I got a newsletter. Yeah. I know oh, I no, no. I, I did actually explain it to her after I started laughing, like <laughs> uh, because I just like, yeah. But I just found it funny that they like Starman was a show. What was that on? Like 85 on television. And this was like 91 and they had a the fan movie, club still for a the show. Movie, the movie was 84. So maybe the 84. TV show- yeah. 86 or 87 or something maybe i i, I took I, the 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 starman will always be the first movie i ever took a girl to oh and yeah um uh and um that's cute i like that it was it was cute and it was a, a good movie and you know believe it or not i've never actually rewatched it even though i'm a huge carpenter fan and um the tv series you know it, it was what it was but i just I think the the joke of it was that you could find these fan clubs that were for shows that were canceled, you know, like seven years down the line. And there like there there is no star like I and I admit like I'm a Space 1999 fan and I'm a Logan's Run fan and and those kind of things. Well, do you uh, remember, but I just don't do you remember the like back- every sh- what's that? <laughs> I'll say the back of Starlog would always have those classifieds. Oh remember- yeah. Do you remember the show with the guy? Well, who's the guy that was in? Uh, he was in Wrath of Khan. He was Khan's right hand man in Wrath. Oh, of- uh, yeah, yeah. I love the Phoenix. Okay, there would there uh, would be yeah there would be like ads like all Phoenix fans fans of the ABC show Phoenix. He, this is your one stop shop. Like you know, send for a catalog. To do what? I don't know, but there like I, when when you're when you're a Space 1999 fan, at least you could like train books and merchandise and hey stills but like these shows these shows were such little you know like and i admit i'm a huge fan of a man called sloan but what am i gonna do join the a man called sloan fan club well 
they were almost in a toy line apparently like well yeah you know, according to me but <laughs> you know this stuff you know they this was this was this was how people like found each other were these things mm. that that maybe could i, I don't know I, I really i really am starting to come off like a dick here and um, no you're not no not at all no i just i'm just i'm just you mentioned no I, I don't want to come off as crass because i was also like in my early 20s when i was when we were doing this stuff and, and you know asking. you are kind of like arrogant when you're in you know like you're indestructible and you and you, were, you feel superior to everybody and were, these people were just trying to find friends in a in a pre-internet world now now i feel bad and, <laughs> <laughs> you were chasing the dragon at the time. You were like tripping balls, so you can't you can't be criticized. Uh, uh, but uh, I actually was highest crack. Um, <laughs> everybody needed to find a home at some point because now now I, you. Can... By the way, I just want to point out that um, I hate acid. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, it, it's like it's like half an hour of laughing and eight hours of like I wish I could go to bed. All right. Um, well, having said that, speaking of acid, I made a list of my favorite drugs from 2020. So, all right. No, no. Um, uh, Anison. I, I think the first movie I took a girl to was Fellini Satyricon. I oh, was, yeah. I was, as one does. <laughs> she didn't get it, and I split up with her. I'm like, forget it. You know what? Forget it. You don't get it. We're done. Um, what about? So what I've been getting into as well, because of all, all the streaming stuff, and of course, you and I have talked about all the stuff that you got to sift through and, you know, you you watch this obscure film with Dick Van Dyke. You might enjoy these 75 things you've never heard of. There's a lot of that stuff. But, you know, uh, I think we kind of we, we kind of <clears throat> joked about Netflix being like blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And and Prime, you know, digging deep for weird shit. Prime uh, and Tubi are like wonderful little like odd video stores you know yeah totally and hulu's become this thing for like other shows that i would be interested in that like okay now i can just sort of devour this thing now i can ah. now it's you know it's whatever and i forget there's one of them there's an animated show called uh infinity train that's oh. really strange it's created by it's it's uh, you know i wouldn't even say it's for little kids because it's not not like kids like 10 or 12 because it's kind of heavy it's kind of like this girl gets on a train and, and she's, you know, it's like, you know, 10 or 12, 12 minute episodes of her trying to get off the train. And each each car she gets to takes her to a different alternate sort of, you know, planet or universe or something. Mm. It's very trippy. And then there's three seasons, which I haven't I haven't gotten through yet. But it's one of the guys I think he worked on regular show or something. But it reminded me then I saw Gravity Falls uh, listed and I have become yeah. Gravity Falls slight obsessive because I love this freaking show. So oh, my much. kids loved that. Yeah, I love, um, love this show. I love the mythology yeah. of it. So I've been I've watched that twice, uh, and I ended up getting the DVD set, and there's a bunch of extras and stuff. But then I started looking for ancillary stuff, and I found uh, there's a book that's like the journal that's in that they use in the show Journal Three, that's like a, a reproduction of the journal from from the show. But I started to you know the more I sort of read and watched it and saw a little me- there's do you know there's like little messages at the end of the episodes and stuff i i've heard all like i never really paid a lot of attention to the when i'm like yeah. my daughter my daughter recently brought up you know i was watching this show like this movie when i was seven and like yelling <laughs> at me because like i obviously let her watch some stuff that was probably over her head 
And, you know, it's like, well, we all kind of like we had a, when we when they were growing up, we had kind of an open comp concept house. So you couldn't privately watch anything. And I, you know, I'd walk by and see what she was watching. But she was pointing out to me that, like, she watched, um, I think, Easy A when she was like nine. Oh, and she goes, yeah. I shouldn't have been watching that when I was nine. You know, like this is. <laughs> I have a very, I have a very outspoken young lady. Um, way in the title there with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm not the most observant of cats. But they, but, they, but like, I didn't notice until you know a certain number of episodes in. I'm like, oh wait, a and I pause it and go, that not only is that frame a message, the next frame has mm. you know a coded message. Yeah, have- my kids are all over it. They love it. it, it so um, all that stuff. It, it's apparently really got a cult following too. It does. It totally. It's the yeah. kind of show that you go, why doesn't somebody pick this up and keep making it? Because yeah, it's uh, 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 Kirsten Shaw does does the, yeah. the, the girl in it, and Jason Ritter is the is the boy Dipper. She's she's Mabel, yeah. and then the guy that creates it does the character of uh, their Uncle Stan. They call Grunkle Stan, which is one. Of, he's one of the best animated characters in forever he's just a, a con man but there's like then then when you get to season two it's like there's a real mythology going on and like he had this whole thing laid out um anyway so i get the book and then i get the comics you know there's like these 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 ones that didn't make it there were scripts that didn't make it into shows and the show got canceled and all that stuff i understand why this thing has the following that it does and so i think well they must have made action figures at some point <clears throat> and I start searching and I can't find anything. I find pop vinyls. I didn't get them. I find, um, you know, little like key ring type things. I didn't get them, whatever. And then one day I came across this set of three action figures that were made by Jazzwares. Oh, yeah, Jazzwares. They, they made a lot Stan. of cartoon stuff. It's Grunkle Stan and uh, Mabel and... Uh, uh, Dipper and they each come like Grunkle Stan is a little character with him and then and each one comes with like a little mini scroll that unscrolls it's got like a little message on it and stuff and the back of the card even has like a <clears throat> a coded message on it you know stuff like that well I couldn't believe how difficult these things were to find because I managed to find this is on on just online in general and then on eBay uh, I got two sets they only ever made these three characters. And then apparently they made a set of PVCs. The PVC set goes for about $300, $350. And the figure sets, some of these, you know, the few that I've seen, they go for like $75 to $100 a piece for these figures. And I can't get any info on these things as to, as to were they just test marketed briefly or like did they ever do more or whatever. But they become my newest little prize possession. That, that oh, that's cool. 3D versions of this show that I love. And it's one of my favorite little things that I managed to find uh, in 2020 amidst, you know, you, you say that, and then you just reminded me of a, of an animated show. I really enjoyed in 2020 that I completely forgot about now. And that is solar opposites, which is, um, is that by the, Ju- Justin the, Roiland? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's the half of Rick and Morty, but it is, you know, without Dan Harmon's input. And I, I didn't know what to think of it, but I found it really interesting because my wife hates Rick and Morty mm-hmm. and she loves Solar Opposites. Yeah, it's so, got different. I mean, I, I watched a few of them. I felt like it was very Rick and Morty, but I but there was something different about it that I. It's that it's, I, it's almost like the nihilism and the like I, I, I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of 
Dan Harmon, but also like worried about him and <laughs> in the same token. And um, well, it's funny because Royland Royland shows up doing a, a voice in Gravity yes, Falls. Yes, he does. Gravity Falls. That's actually what triggered that memory. And it's is he's, that he's right, actually he does yeah. that. He doesn't sound very different when he does voices, really. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a humongous range. But, I got. Um, that. I, I I did I liked Rick and Morty, you know. I got I guess I started to get you know what it was, and we'll just we won't go in deep into this, but I started to kind of distance myself from it because I started to hate when that thing happened with McDonald's with that sauce. Oh yeah, no, it's not the band I hate; it's the fans. It, I, I totally and, get that. And, but I also get like sort of the there is a there is a vibe that sort of comes into. I think I think South Park to a degree of like nothing matters like you know the 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 left is it's it's it's, it's nihilism it's um, yeah, kind of like okay it's funny but you know um, what's there's a new one that the Bob's Burgers uh, a couple of uh, women that were writers on Bob I think they're doing with with uh, what's yeah. his, you know what's uh, really funny about that which one is, very is good. pretty good before I watched it I saw a picture of the characters and I'm like oh look. Um, Nick Offerman has an animated series. Yeah, <laughs> because the character looks like Nick Offerman. Yeah, you know, and like you just like that has gravity. to be voiced by Nick Offerman. He shows up in Gravity Falls too. He does a voice. In I'm not surprised, and I'm assuming his wife does too. Um, I think she might show up in it. I forget, but they seem to be the Martin Lando and Barbara Bain. If anybody of this out there era. has sort of like been thinking about or hearing about Gravity Falls. It's streaming on Hulu, and I cannot recommend it enough. It's just, it's yeah, it's, it's excellent. It, it's also it's also one of those shows that that I I I you know admire for the effort because you watch and you go, there's some of this is kind of dark. Like I don't yeah. know I don't know what age group they're aiming it at, but like you know, dark for kids today. Like we handle dark stuff differently i think than, than kids do now they're much more parents are much more like wait a minute that's too much or whatever but we had we had the extremes of like you know the super friends and then you know sneaking downstairs and watching heavy metal um yeah whereas we, you know like we we, we yeah. had it either like it was too kidified or too hard the, my kids and i think a lot of kids these days it's much more gradual nowadays, you know, like there's much more adult themes. And even when you look at like the Marvel movies, there are adult themes in there, but it's not gratuitous. You know, Tony Stark has, you know, Tony Stark is drinking and has sex and does no, all that stuff, but they don't linger on it. You know, they've done perfect balance of yeah. picking all the boxes. Like this is, yeah. this is the thing that generations of people have, have loved and you gotta, you gotta please everyone. And it's very difficult to do. You yeah, either get it's, it's a very it's a balance. Yeah, you you either get something you know very dark or extreme on one side that that excludes ki- like I remember when Batman Returns hit and everybody complained that it was too dark for kids and there shouldn't have been Happy Meal toys and all this shit and it, you know or it's you get I actually hate you know, Batman. Returns. You get the Thunderbirds movie or something, the live action Thunderbirds movie or something. You know, it's like the, to find it all where you can sort of tick it all. And I feel like like the like the uh, Infinity Train thing the first season uh, her parents are divorced and she ends up in one episode going into the scene she's like floating in the scene watching it all play out with her with herself in the room and it's about parents getting divorced and it's like i've never seen uh, an animated thing for ostensibly for kids talk about that or handle it that way 
And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So, so stuff like that. I just, if I get into it, it's like, I'm, I'm in, um, movie wise. Did, was there another, like a DVD sort of thing or something you want to throw out? Or? Yeah, I'll just throw out a couple things. Um, uh, the Al Adamson set was a huge highlight for me this year. Uh, I've, Wasn't we've that, dug into that. Was that 2020? That was 2020, sir. Um, in fact, I had to save my pennies to pay for it because I was unemployed at the time, uh, and I'm still digging through it. I've been, you know, I, I've discovered that as much as I love Al Adamson's films, I tend to gravitate towards the monster and science fiction stuff. Uh, I hate biker movies, and um, I feel like I watched a lot of the sexploitation stuff, but, it, you know, I have to watch it in my office because I really don't want the kids seeing dad watching a sexploitation film. Um, and so it's been, it's been a bit of, I got through all the stuff I wanted to, all the different interpretations, all the beautiful Sam Sherman commentaries, but I'm kind of, uh, you know, kind of working on a few of the ones that I really like. I just don't give a crap for the genre. Um, I told you I saw the, right. I finally got to see it. What's that? The documentary? Yeah, the Al Adamson, the documentary. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's so, absolutely wonderful. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, this is a movie. Like, wh- why yeah. this? How this hasn't been optioned to like make make a movie? There, there's a bunch of stories like that, but yeah, Al's Al's story needs to be made into a movie. Well, they don't. The other, they don't well, end. They don't quite end the, the way the way Al's story ends. That's that's insane. That no, end, absolutely. Yeah, no, I it, I agree they, and. And and I, I I was lucky enough to meet the man uh, before just before he got killed. Um, and you know I, I thanked him because I, I love his work. I mean it's not good, but it's entertaining and that's all that matters. The other one I watched recently is I um I've been doing this horrible thing of jumping onto people's streaming services and taking that free month and then going bye. Um, and I've done that quite a bit. And right now I'm going through BritBox, which is just <clears throat> Doctor who and red dwarf but um yeah and you can't get blake seven anywhere which i, I don't know that that was like come on you got to have all of blake seven on here because i would probably enjoy that um and BritBox, but i picked up uh, sorry go what's ahead, that go ahead. i was gonna just i was well, gonna complain about BritBox, but you go ahead uh i picked up a arrow video which um I'm sure it's popular to some people, the streaming service, and you should check it out if you're into, but I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm a very specific guy, but they did have a a set I wanted to check out, which is the William Greffe collection or Griefy. I'm, I'm probably butchering his name. And he, he's a, one of these guys like Adamson that made a series of films in Florida. And I think he actually, um, ended up spending most of his life, um, working for Ivan tours, like on flipper and stuff, but on the weekends he would make horror movies and exploitation movies. And I really don't know a lot about him, but I am I'm, I'm otaku for these kind of things. And the documentary I believe is done by Ballyhoo pictures who do really quality stuff. So I, I, I checked that out. I think it's called, uh, it came from the swamp or he came from the swamp. Um, I had to watch it over three nights because uh, William Griffey, just like um, Roger Corman, is the most, like, how do I put this? Like, you know, you look at Roger Corman, and you think, what was that guy, a college professor? You know, like he's, you don't believe that he's the guy producing this stuff. He's quite, and, uh, quite erudite, 
He's, he's quite erudite. He's quite well spoken. He has a yeah. wonderful, wonderful uh, speaking voice. Roger, and, and the same. Yeah, he's very yeah. gentle. And, and William Griffey actually, God, I, I think the man has ASMR voice, hmm. where um, you know he's speaking and you're interested, and then you're like, what happened? And you're asleep. Hmm. Um, and it's 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 not that he's boring. It's not that he's telling boring stories. I'm I'm intrigued, but he's so. Cool. He's so bloody calm, mm. and he's so bloody like yes, and this is how I created this, and mm-hmm. and you're like, huh? and like I dozed off at least um, uh, one time during the film, the the film, and uh, I was really intrigued because he really did make like <clears throat> movies on no dollars, and um, you know I think he had made a shark film in like '74, and then it did no dollars. And he, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Jaws came out and he just retitled it Mako, the Jaws of Death, and it made made money. Uh, So he was like the first guy with a Jaws imitator because he was, it was already finished. Right. Um, And um, so I I really, I, I, I would recommend that collection to anyone who's into stuff like I am. And the other thing I just wanted to mention, and then we can move on is uh, Kino Lorber Studios did uh, a wonderful job of putting Buck Rogers in the 25th century on Blu-ray. Oh, I, 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 got, I ended up getting it because it was... I it didn't was like get a, it because there was a competing set that went on sale and I bought the series from that. However, on that set, the movie did not work on my set. Oh. So I, I ended up buying the Kino Lorber um, rendition of the movie right. with commentary and... Uh, I, I, you know, I love um, the theatrical Buck Rogers movie, as we've talked about before. I love the series. So, well, I'm uh, glad, I'm glad you brought this up because yeah, okay. we to discuss because we there's there's no 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 there's some serious Buck Rogers talk now. As we both as we both know and comment on, you know, we we can we can make fun of stuff and we can go, yeah, not my bag, whatever. But I would never. Uh, you know, critique or criticize whatever somebody's into, whatever. And I, I wouldn't have bought the set um, if I didn't have, <clears throat> you know, a love for this show. And, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, because like I wasn't going to pay a hundred bucks for it, but I think it was like 50% off or 55% off or something. It was ended up being like 45 bucks or something. And yeah, so, sorry. yeah, that I can justify. And then I got the theatrical one because I, I remember being in the theater seeing that you know and then not understanding why it was on tv you know later on or whatever um so i kind of went through it i need to go back and watch some more of the first season because some of them i just looked at the title and went i've seen that more recently i've seen that more i'll just try this one or whatever um and it's you know it is what it is the the the, the first season to me is when i think of buck rogers i think of that first season like me too that's that when it's all everything's kind of coming together. It, you still got Gary Coleman. You still got Buck with his shirt down to his. It knows head. what it is and it has a good formula. It does. It it does. It it look. There's no two ways around. You know, I I, I then dug up because I got I I started to go through season two, and I'll be honest with you. I there were some of them I could not finish. I just the, the, it, they've it, really it, not aged well. It it re, like the sets. The acting, the the let's just get this over with. Let's just do one take and like not break the step on the shuttle when we go step into it. And 
you, that kind of thing. It just was like this. This was bad even for like network stuff at the time. This was yeah. And, and clearly, clearly, Gerard's heart was not in this thing. Like I think no. he was. But but I found these articles where the I think it was Freiburger. Was it Fred Freiburger? Freiburg or Freiburger? It Freiburger? wasn't Fred Freiburger. It was no, wasn't, but it was somebody. Uh, Whoever did, he was like responsible for, I think, for like he greenlit all in the family and he greenlit, you know, a ton of stuff. And he, he was, was the, the guy, the guy in charge, as I recall, was mainly known for Westerns. OK, so the guy. No, yeah. you're, talk, you're talking about you're talking about season two, though. Oh, season two. Yeah. What, saying, what are we talking about? I think the show itself, launching the show, the guy that was head of NBC was either oh. Freiburg or Freiburg. It was someone who was a legend like his the stuff that he greenlit that made it to air is an incredible list of, of Oh, okay. And he starts talking about Gil Gerard in this article. <laughs> and he says he is he is Robert Conrad. He is the next Robert Conrad. He is he is Burt Re- it's going to be Burt Reynolds in space. And he keeps going on about what a massive star Gil Gerard is going to be because of this. And I think that that even that second one where everything is sort of just Everyone's kind of checked out and let's just make this show. He just I know there was stuff behind the scenes that was going on at the time, but I felt like the the thing I kept going back to in the middle of it was he just doesn't. And I and I and I watched some of these I haven't seen since they aired and I'm sitting there watching it going. I was glued to this show. Like I I remember I remember visiting my my grandparents in Arizona with my mom. They used to go there for the wintertime and like to, to go somewhere warm out of Minnesota, you know, for a, a, a few days and be at the pool and the resort, the, you know, retirement thing they lived in. And I remember being at the market with my mom. We went to a supermarket and we went to some sort of knickknack store next door where I bought this, um, not a, it was like, a, it looked like a laser gun, but it was kind of a megaphone as well. And like a, you could do Morse code with it and stuff. I don't know who made it, but, and I remember going to the market and seeing the cover of the Inquirer and it had a picture of Buck Rogers up in the corner. And I went, <gasps> The show's coming back like yeah. where it's been like for us as kids, you, you know, it felt like the show had been off the air for five years because of that stupid writer strike and yeah. there was writer strike. So I, she bought me the copy of the Inquirer, whatever the hell it was. And I just got back to their their place and I opened it up and I got to the page and it was that publicity shot of him and Wilma, I think Hawk and Wilfred Hyde White in, uh-huh. in in the picture. Everyone's favorite. And I remember looking at it just going, what's going on? Like yeah. what week he was in it or something like what, what the fuck? So, I mean, I was, I was glued to the show. This was, this was it, it, in a way that I, I didn't really bother with, you know, the Phoenix show or things like that. I just kind of, you know, the, the, the powers of Matthew Starr, I didn't care, but Buck Rogers, like, and even as a kid watching it, I went, Okay, what are they doing? Why is he wearing a gold jacket for for Christ's sake? I mean, what happened to the? Where's the fleet? And why are they doing? Why aren't we on Earth? And how come we can't? Anyway, I'm just saying I got through all of season two. Uh, well, I did, I take it back. Several ep- many episodes I didn't finish, but I was shocked at how the quality from season one to two, how much oh, yeah. it sort of went right. down. You know? I actually um, that set I bought the discount set, which is a quality set. I have not cracked a single season two episode. I've <laughs> I, I, season one's so much fun. Um, you know, you've got all you've got Jack Palance. You've got um, Jer- <laughs> Jerry Orbach. You've Jerry got 
McDowell. Lars Mann. You know what? Actually, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, by the way, uh, one of my close friends is she has a Jerry Arbach like crush. She Aww. loves Jerry Arbach, and I got to show her Lars Mangros. Uh, the, the, I, I've eaten in a restaurant twice this year, and um, she had not heard of Lars Mangros because she's a normal functioning human being. He hasn't lived. And um, yeah, and I showed her a picture, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's so hot!" Because you know he's in that like space disco outfit. Yeah. Um, and you know what, Orbach, he could do anything. He could sing. He yeah. could act, He could dance. He could DJ. He could do everything. Have anyway, you ever, have you ever heard the, the John Mulaney's Jerry Orbach's eyes bit? No, no. Okay, I saw. I saw actually. I I saw John Mulaney uh, in New York, uh, like before he was famous, and uh, he's got. Eyes. What's that? Well, Jerry Arbach donated his eyes when he died. Oh, he did. Yeah, and um, John Mulaney had come up with this romantic comedy where the two people who got his eyes <laughs> meet <laughs> and fall in love, and I just I've always thought that was uh, Jerry Arbach's eyes. <laughs> um, he, yeah, I, no, I, I haven't watched a single season two episode. You just brought that. I haven't cracked that case. There could be sawdust in that box and i and don't I, and know. i did watch some of the extras too like the uh there's a great interview with tom christopher and there's an aaron great thing i think and you know there's some there's some nice it was nice it's nice that it finally got the the blu-ray treatment speaking of blu-ray and shows i've been kind of diving into the ultraman shows oh that's funny I you say picked, that i picked up ultraman and uh ultra seven which Nothing has topped Ultra Seven for me. Ultra Seven is really great. Um, I, I do, I do kind of think like I, while you were doing that, I watched uh, a ton of Common Rider um, with yeah, subtitles, well, which I think we've talked about. Well, you're but, the one who told me where to watch it streaming, so I've yeah. got you on something off of uh, like Rhino or something like that. Yeah, I think it's Rhino or, or Shout Factory. I, I, um, I, I know it's on Tubi. The one thing I always think is funny about Ultraman, and I always bring it up, is like Ultraman comes out, he fights the monster, there's a three-minute battle, then his light goes off, and he does this thing where it cuts the monster's head off. Oh! And I always joke about, like, why didn't he just open with that? You know, well, like... <laughs> but you know you know what it is, too? It's like, there's obviously, there's the formula, there's the pattern, everything. Yeah. I guess, especially with Seven... I was shocked how violent it went. I mean, because it's still it's still winking, it's still doing some comedic yeah. stuff in the fights. But it's he splits them down the middle, he cuts their head off, he cuts their arms off. I mean, it's and I start to I get to a point where I'm like, I'm kind of feeling bad for the monsters because every episode, <laughs> up, and even if they haven't done shit yet, they haven't broken anything. They're like, we gotta go kill that thing. So I got Ultraman. I also got Ultra Q. The very first. Oh, Ultra Q. I've never watched a lot of that. Which I, I've is, seen a which couple is, episodes. Which is great. Is it? Yeah, because it's like I I read up on it, and it's like at the time it was like the most expensive show, you know, ever put on TV in Japan, and like it was it was just, they, just they, on theremin rentals. They took the they took the effects crew, you know, from the Godzilla stuff and put it into. Television. And some of them, some of them aren't really creature based. Some are sort of Twilight Zone ish based. Yeah. But what, what, what that then led to was <clears throat> last year, the year before, I think they did a new uh, Ultra Q series that that wasn't the same characters, but it was like the 
technically the the next season of the Ultra Q show, which was way back in the early '60s. Um, and it's and it's it's eh, I kept reading reading about it, and they're like, oh, it's so good, it's so moody and weird. There's there's good stuff, and there's just like, eh, so it wasn't that that great. So I got Ultra, I got Ultra Q, Ultraman, Ultra Seven, and now I just got this newest one that's Ultra Ultra Picnic or something. I don't know. He's got. <laughs> Different. No, this this is the one. Okay, the one I just got. The one, the most recent one, is the one where a a, a man and a woman join up to become the ultra the ultra dude. Oh yeah. I, I don't remember which one that is, but it's it's also it's like it's pretty bleak. I mean, they're all kind of they have bleak stuff. They have like yeah yeah yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't like even if you watch Common Rider, um, it has stuff in it that we as North American children would not be able to endure you know like there's some hardship in there oh yeah uh, and, oh. and uh, like you know it, you know it, the show is ridiculous but at the same point there's some like you know there's some consequences and death and you know uh takashi hongo is is definitely um a tortured soul you know um well there's stuff there's stuff too with some of the i mean some of the like in ultra seven there's some of them where like you know, a married couple, the dude gets sort of killed and taken on by this other being, and he's messing with the you know, and then he eventually turns into this tree creature or something. And it's it's really you know, Ultra there's a, Seven, as I recall, is really an interesting show. I great. I think it's I watched so, about ten or twelve yeah. episodes a few years ago, and I just remember going like, but they, they really take different they take risks with it and they change it a bit and I can see why it is the, you know, the probably considered the superior series to Ultraman, even though it feels like it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think I was watching Ultraman Leo recently and, uh, the opening scenes are ultra seven getting, uh, beat up like, uh, crippled nearly. Well, that's where Leo comes from. The one here with the two, yeah see that i think is streaming as well i found yeah. that yeah, yeah. And, and then this one i think the opening you know of this new one with the couple that the two the man and woman that become are like after the destruction of it's like every season the t- everything everything they that's the other thing too is they they seemed very much like jerry anderson it reminded me of the jerry anderson stuff in two ways one in that once that thing is done they move on to the next ultra thing with it with except for in a couple of places they have the same actors show up it's a whole yeah. new cast all new characters they reference the previous one yeah but but that's it it's done they they start from top to bottom new sets new uniforms they, they do the exact same thing in common rider in fact i think uh common rider had to invent it out of necessity because the first actor broke his leg on the set okay so they had to create common rider the second common rider and um, then but the other thing that, that made me think of Anderson is the the, the miniatures, the, the oh the yeah 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 cities. No, that's the, why Anderson is so popular in Japan and, because of the uniform culture and the miniatures and the ships, like the UK and the, the Japan, they have that in common. I think. Yeah, they're just the the design is the design is incredible. Like Ultra yeah. Q, Ultra Q is like. You know, two like a, a couple of reporters and a scientist type guy go and chase these stories, kind of, and they and they're they're weird. It's just it's got a weird moodiness to it. And the opening the science patrol ship out of Ultraman is one of the coolest designs ever. 
Yeah, all that. I'm just yeah. episode of Ultra Seven. I just kept going. Holy shit! Like mm-hmm. this is. I mean, the the evolutionary leap from from yeah. and to to it. So I've, I'm glad I've been doing it sort of in in order. I also got. I think this was 2020. Speaking of Japan, <laughs> I got the Criterion Godzilla stats. Uh, I did too. Godzilla movie. I, that was that was last year, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I I'm not a fan because they did not add the dubs. And um, to put on Godzilla movies when I'm working in the studio and writing, you know, and working on magazines and stuff, uh, I would love to put on a Godzilla movie and let it roll, but um, it's all subtitled. Well, and see, oh, that's so Criterion, man. <laughs> yeah, like, it, yeah, but it bugs me because. So I haven't really um, enjoyed it as much as I'd hoped to. In I, fact, it's gathering dust upstairs. Um, I love Godzilla, and I and I'll tell you too. I'm in my little list of. I know how much you you love him. I'm in my little list of toys and things that I that I picked up, and I picked up a lot of the NECA Godzilla figures. Uh, oh yeah. Not not duplicates of the same thing, but like different ones and stuff because. Just wow, Godzilla figures—they're affordable. They're not like you know—they have a, a lot of posability, and so I have a whole shelf with. Um, and I think it, it's it's one of those things that I sort of love in. Again, hear me out, people. I I love Godzilla. I love it in, in the cultural impact, in the character, in the whatever. But you know, when I start deep diving into the movies and all of these, I'd seen at some point in my life. You know. Um, yeah. I do kind of go, there's a lot, you know, you got to sit through a two hour movie and you might get 15 minutes of stuff really kicking off in it. You know, it's, it's some, some of them, it was actually kind of shocking to me how, how long it took for things to really get. What's the one with Jet Jaguar? What's that one where the two guys are like, <laughs> Godzilla versus Megalon, which yeah. is a very, it's, it's terrible, but entertaining at the same point. Well, like those guys. Um, their outfits and their sports car and shit like that's badass like all of that yeah. and then jet jaguar shows up but it's like you really gotta invest in these things i'm not knocking them i'm not but i'm saying for me it's like you know putting that on it's like i'm not gonna run to you know i got through them all i watched the extras and stuff i'm glad i have it um but but that's always been my thing too is like and then also like is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Why are you treating him so badly? Why are you using him the way you do? It's sad when he says goodbye. This is a theme in all the Japanese stuff where the creature, you know, gets killed or whatever. And it's like, I can only take so much kind of. Well, you know, I've always like, and I think it probably repeated on this show. It's, it's the ground crew stories of Godzilla that are a little, um, a little hard to watch at times. Yeah. And my favorite Godzilla movie is um, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla because the ground crew story is about like green planet of the apes invaders. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm well, interested on both levels, you yes. know, like I like the Godzilla story and I'm also like, want to know what's going on with these monkey men. Like what's the one, um, the one with the blonde haired guy who killed himself? He's an American actor. He shows up in it. He's a, he committed. He, he oh, got, Nick Adams. Nick uh, Adams. He's in Monster Zero. He's also in another Toho production. Frankenstein conquers the world. Um, okay. Monster Zero yeah. is thinking of. We're like, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the movie. You're not just waiting for the monsters to show up. There's other stuff. So if you've True, got Monster that, Zero has a pretty good plot and yeah, um, plot. Yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm there. I think Destroy that. All Monsters has a pretty good plot as well. Yeah, that one. I, I, 
there, again, this yeah. is me just the overview of like there's 40 movies or whatever, 30 some movies. Yeah. Some of them are like just... there, there's one called Terror of Mechagodzilla that I cannot sit through. Oh, you know I, what? I've always hated it. The Smog um, Monster. It's not called the Smog. The Smog Monster. The yeah, Godzilla vs. Smog Monster is is bizarre. It's um, like God. Can we get to it? Is he gonna show up? Yeah. And it's just bleak. It's just a it's just a two hour lecture about how this yeah. planet is fucked. Like okay, this. You is know a- where I bought that? I bought that in the New York the in the New York uh, subway. There was this. I can't remember what subway station it was. There um there was a video store like a video and music store. The last time I was down there. And, you know, I said to my wife, how, how many times are I going to be in a, a DVD store in a subway station? And I picked up Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster because I knew I hadn't seen it. There and, you go. yeah, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's so I, bad. I start doing other stuff, like I'm looking through a book and I'm looking at my phone. Yeah. And I'm going, this movie's still going. Like, we haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten any, there's no monster action yet. Like, what's the what's the problem here? Um, you mentioned toys. Did you pick up any cool toys in 2020? Yeah, I think so. And this is this is nostalgia for me. Um, I picked up first of all. Uh, we talked about Mandalorian and how much we we dug the finale and the, the show and everything. That would be sort of my show of <clears throat> my my TV show of of 2020. But um, you know, uh, there's there's stuff out there. It's it's weird how. Hasbro sort of decided to to roll out the the stuff, and obviously Favreau was able to tell them to be quiet about the the child and everything, and so that didn't hit till Christmas. And now everywhere you look, there's everything from underwear to whatever with the child. Uh, but the Disney Store made this 12 inch electronic Mandalorian figure um, that's like it's super poseable. It was like 25 bucks. It's got a molded in gun that makes noise, and it's got like like 12 you know uh, voice things of the guy of the actor in it and then the other arm the left arm like shoots you know flame light up flame kind of thing i just love it's just one of those things that just it is what it is it's not some high-end thing i just love it and they also made a an animatronic child which which is like i had to because like when you touch his head you know, it's like he starts moving, his little eyes blink and his ears move, and then he puts his little hand out and closes his eyes and does the force thing. And I probably had more fun with that than than I should, but I'd like to restate how I'm alone, and I've been alone for a long time in the pandemic. Um, so those those things, the Gravity Falls ones, the NECA, uh, Godzilla stuff, I picked up, uh, the NECA did a 40th anniversary run for Alien, and some of them finally hit uh, Parker and Brett, Harry Dean Stanton and uh, Yafet Kato finally hit. That's cool. And a new Ripley with the cat and like a little case or whatever. So I got those because it's just, you know, it's cool to have the whole cast. Um, and then the other one that, that was like right before Christmas, I think, was um, the NECA uh, Back to the Future. They're putting out a bunch of Back to the Future stuff. You and I are, in, I think, are in total agreement on how much we love the first movie. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, I think it's a solid film. I don't have any, um, I don't understand why it's so romanticized. To be perfectly honest with you, but I, I think it's a solid film. Yeah, I get it. I think, I think it, I get it in the, in the, in the vein of one of those. I do not need a, a, any iota of merchandise from that film. But, no, see, I, um, I, I, yeah. But it's, I'm getting through 35 years where we never had these characters. I'm going to get 
Marty McFly and Doc Brown because when that movie okay. came, I saw it multiple times and it was like you know I've only ever seen it once. Oh, I think it's I think it's a near it's one of those near perfect movies where just the script and everything about it and and conversely I want nothing to do with the other two. I, I don't that's the I think the sequels that, that's that's the thing I once said to somebody who almost unfriended me. It is one decent film with two terrible sequels. I don't. And he I, went, I don't, I want to like you, Brian. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I, the second one, the second one was like dental surgery to me. Just, and the third one was pleasant, but not needed. Not even uh, same yeah. as, as the first. And one. I will admit the first film works. Absolutely works. Like I, I feel the same way about Ghostbusters. By the way, I am gonna get unfriended and hated. Ghostbusters is a great film. It's a fun comedy. It didn't need to keep going. Now the Ghostbusters cartoon is excellent. Um, okay, see but, that's that's now I am gonna unfriend you. That you're gonna. We're oh, gonna do, oh, we're no. gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna you're gonna say the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, is better than the mo- the original movie. No, I'm saying it's better than Ghostbusters 2. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'll give you that. Ghostbusters 2, for me, is like, you're, you're going to get, you know, if there's like a, a new set that comes out, I'm, I'm gonna, the second one's going to be in there. I don't have like a love for it. I don't hate it. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I just think it's like, you're trying to, it's, it's lightning in a bottle. To me, Ghostbusters, yeah. Back to the Future are like everything coming together. And they're kind of, they're kind of perfect as is. You'd have a hard time, you know, I mean, Back to the Future, I think you would have an easier time maybe, you know, branching off into something else or doing another story, which I think was just a, everything they did was a mistake. I, I think gross. I think Back to the Future 2 is the laziest piece of oh, crap I've ever seen. See, that to and me, we talk about me. when I hear when I hear <laughs> fan, the term fan service, I go Back to the Future 2 to me is like all that does. All that is is 90 minutes of winking at the audience. And, yeah. and knows that you that you know the joke because you saw the first one. It's like well, it, it reminds me of like Chris Farley. Remember Back to the Future one? Remember you know, that? like yeah, it's a, oh yeah. Also, I, I will I will admit that I got into a massive fight with my high school sweetie after seeing that, and I blame Back to the Future two. I do too. Uh, I yeah, I do. Yeah. Why? Yeah. The only other thing that would be really of note that I would sort of uh sort of jump on would be uh the character option stuff that uh they did you know the doctor who stuff they did there's a a a new wave of these sort of budget ones that have come out that were some brand some chain stores in in uh, the uk that amazon has picked up so they put out like you know patrick troughton with like sort of a black and white version of his tardis and some other stuff they put out a set of sarah jane uh from uh ark in space and then the two. Oh, of them cool. So I picked those up also because that's the Sarah Jane that we wanted to do. That was. The I remember the little the 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 um like the uh camouflage. Yep. Pants. Yep. That's yeah. The, yeah. That's the one we were gonna do. So I picked that up because they're they're pretty cheap. Um, toys, DVDs, Once Upon a Time in America. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the uh, deluxe set that came out with the with the seven. Oh yeah. Six. I picked that up. Uh, I think that was in 2020. Um, the Godzilla stuff, um, the Umberto Lenzi stuff. I got a bunch of books listed. I won't list them all, but I have been having a really good time getting into the Star Wars Marvel reprints of the Marvel comic. 
Oh seven, my God, those are so that's such childhood. Yeah, I, I have not. Uh, I did not know that it had been reprinted, but I'm just, not surprised. Just bonkers, just absolutely yeah. bonkers. And you know, Han Solo, you know, looks like Jan Michael Vincent. Luke looks like uh, Prince. <laughs> I always, I always like the way Carmen. Like, it, it, there's, there's a point where Car- Carmen Infantino is drawing the comic, and, and and it feels like he is not into it. And um, or he never got reference materials where you're just like, hey, yeah, get any photos or anything. And then because because then Vader, Vader, Chewie, and three PO tend to look like they came out of a Tijuana Bible. Like it's that, yeah. like not even close to what they look like but i'm really enjoying it. it's a lot of a lot of nostalgia uh, for that. oh yeah no that, that even those covers uh bring me back that's amazing i didn't know that was out there yeah um, two volumes toy, toy wise for me um i didn't really because i you know i went through a long period of not having any money uh i picked up a few things i think the major highlights for me would be uh you know i'm, I'm a huge fan of eight inch action figures as you may know what? Um, yeah, what no. Uh, yeah, Mego dolls. I like them. When did it start? Um, in 1973. And um, I picked up a few things that I really, really love. And a couple, one of them I actually got in advance by accident. Uh, I had asked the folks at Mego if I could review their Ultraman doll. And I would return their only sample for my YouTube channel, Brickmantooth. Uh-oh. And they they um, they said okay, and I got a box with the Christopher Lee Dracula in it, which was sculpted by my friend Sean Sansom. Oh nice! And I went, hey guys, you sent me the wrong thing, and then they sent me the Ultraman, and they let me keep the Christopher Lee Dracula, and um, you know to have an eight inch Christopher Lee Dracula and an eight inch Ultraman. Uh, I think these are some of Amigo's finest works, and I'm very, very happy with that. I also picked up the Swamp Thing from Figures Toy Company, and uh, Figures Toy Company is a great company. They're very nice to me at the Amiga Museum, but I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan, and I've you always mean, wanted an 8-inch Swamp Thing. Like a DC, like just right out of the comics yeah. Swamp Thing? No shit. Right. Well, yeah. Now, they went with the 80s aesthetic, and I, I get it. You know, Swamp Thing was a bigger uh, character in the 80s than um, he was in the 70s. And I, I'm kind of and I mentioned this on the show that I would really like them to go with a second Swamp Thing that looks more like the rights and Swamp Thing. But uh, they did a really nice job. It's a great looking figure. And those were kind of like my little uh, tchotchkes. I also picked up a. uh I think this was 2020. It, uh, there's a guy on, um, I think it's Etsy. He's called Novelties by Steve, but Steve is spelt weird, like with an X. And I'm going to have to try and reference this. And he does um, like really cool uh, custom-made uh, action figures and stuff that, that are basically... Uh, little you know like little bootleg toys and he did like what i would call like you know marks action figures yeah you know they marks does those little six inches um fully plastic unarticulated figures and he did uh base yeah with a base he did the uh the blood island um 
you know, the monster from the. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I remember the, you posting about this or something. Yeah, yeah, and that that's yeah. exciting to me because Blood Island doesn't get much merchandise. And uh, the want, other thing, uh, the green, didn't you also get a green slime or something? Was there a green? Slime? Oh yeah, that 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 was 2021 though. I oh, got the okay. green slime from okay. a mock time. That'll be in our next episode. Okay. Um, but the other thing that I think really um, made my day, and it was just a really nice gesture, is uh, there. You heard of Moldorama machines? Oh yeah, Shit. I used to love those things. Oh yeah, I, I and we were talking prior to this um, to this episode and talking about going to Florida and how it was dreamlike. Yeah. Um, as a kid, we we stopped at a rest area once, and my mom made a mom put a quarter in, and we made a Moldorama dinosaur. Yeah, and our, um, our St. Paul Zoo, and I had yeah. a gorilla, and uh, there was a seal and a gorilla and a polar bear, and actually those those parties that I've told you about that Joel Hodgson used to put on called Super oh, Bowl, yeah, yeah. Super Bowl parties. Each one you'd go to, you'd get a ring. So I've got like five of the of the ones that I think I'm missing one of the ones I went to. I've got all the rings. They were like metal rings that they gave out like for the first 300 people or 500 people or something. And then there was one one event where they opened up a little shop and they sort of had these little one off things or like some T-shirts they made that they never did anything with. And like, hey, whoever wants this, you know, here's the price. Get whatever you want. And I picked up this little gorilla and on the base, it's it's like it's like the Moldorama gorillas, but it's a smaller version. And on the base, it says Super Bowl six. And it's just it's just a one of it's just a one off. It's a one of a kind. um, Oh, I see. Yeah. It's based on the, the the gorilla that used to be at all the zoos, the one that kind of stands with his bow legs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. exactly the one you're talking about. So yeah. I guess Universal Studios uh, has resurrected this uh, for one of their parks, and they have Frankenstein. Oh. And, you know, beautiful. I'm a Frankenstein guy, and mm. I desperately wanted one. And my friend Andrew Williams, who uh, was a massive collaborator on issue one of Toy Ventures magazine, he's a huge monster guy, just sent me one. Wow. So it's not only, you know, um, something I've always wanted, but it's something that was gifted to me and, um, what a cool you know, has special meaning. Yeah. Doing those machines at, at, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, what, what a wonderful thing. Um, awesome. in fact, uh, I have a, um, in my home and I'm going to say this publicly, I have a bookcase door. Oh. I have a secret sliding bookcase door. That's how I get into my office in this world. What's, What's the password? It's yeah. um, it's uh, none of your beeswax. Um, it changes every week. <laughs> what What's on the shelf? You can't put a lot on the shelves of these things because they are. But I have Moldorama figures. And, and my friend Corey Lachat, who also works on the magazine, um has sent me a bunch over the years of mermaids and different things, but now I have the uh, Frankenstein and life is good. Oh, um, so cool! That's so. I gotta, yeah. you gotta put a picture of that up when you put up the yeah the episode. I, I want to see that. Uh, that is so cool because I would I would be all over those if they did like yeah. a bunch of those and you know they because I mean I haven't even seen a, a you know a, a physical machine in. God, I don't know, 30 years, 30, 40 years, maybe 30 years, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would drive probably two hours to find one, (laughs) but there's there's none in Canada. There's a smell, too. There's that smell when you when you do the process that, you know, you can smell the waxy kind of smell. And it's like and and I think it says on the machine, too, like, you know, be careful, like because when it comes out, it's kind of warm at first. Yeah. 
cool. Yeah, I remember. I totally remember the hotness of that dinosaur. Yeah. There's people that collect just those things, right? I mean, there's like. Yeah, no, there's people that actually do like the, you know, following the dead around. Yeah. They drive to different cities and museums because these things are still like they're operational in many museum lobbies and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere I just, if I'm not crazy, somewhere either a website or a book or something, I swear I've seen like a, a book of this where it ran through all the licensed ones and all the things that were at parks and the zoos. And like there were, they did ones that had, there were buildings, you know, maybe it was a website. I don't know. I did it. Yeah, there is. There's a really good website maybe uh, that does this. And I did um, the deep dive and it was like I was shocked at some of the licensed uh, characters that had been made uh, into these wax things. Yeah. Um, OK, so I'm just going to throw out a couple more things because I know you got to run. Uh, yep. There's a comic book out uh, called Blade Runner 2019. Uh, which I just discovered, you know, before, right around the holidays, the first two volumes, uh, the sort of um, collected volumes are out. Third volume, I think it's an individual issues are out still, but the third volume's not out yet. But it's it's written by the guy who, I think Michael Green is the guy who wrote uh, Blade Runner 2049. And it takes place in 2019, you know, when Deckard was around. And it's this female uh, bounty hunter uh, who's looking for this kid. Uh, but it's really good. The artwork is great. The story's great so far. I've been really uh, digging that. And I also picked up, um, I know I've talked on the show a million times about Inside Number 9 and how much I love this this series. Um, Waterstones in the UK and London put out a set of uh, three, the first three volumes of the scripts, the first three seasons came out in a hardcover book set, uh, three books together, and they're all signed by um uh, uh reese shearsmith and steve pemberton um with with intros to every episode with like little inside info and stuff and so very pleased that i got that and then uh music i know we don't talk much about music uh on the show but i'm just gonna say um the divine comedy uh neil hannon's one of my favorite songwriters anybody out there that digs him or digs the divine comedy there's a box set that came out that is one of the greatest box sets I've ever seen. It's every single album, two bonus albums of material. Each album comes with a second disc of material. Uh, It's called uh, Venus, Cupid, Folly, and Time. And it's literally everything he's ever recorded, uh, you know, with booklets in each of them. But um, if you've ever seen Father Ted or the IT crowd, (laughs) Neil Hannon does the music, the, the theme tunes for those shows. Um, and he did stuff for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, but he's just a brilliant, uh, songwriter who can sound like he's doing a, a, you know, like Kurt Vile, or, or it can be like a, a, a almost a musical type tune, or it can be pure pop. Uh, it's all over the place and he's just, I love him. Um, and then, uh, Doves put out a new record called The Universal Want, which is fantastic. They've been gone for 10 years. Roisin Murphy has a great record called uh, Roisin Machine. Uh, if you know who she is, she's been doing a lot of stuff in lockdown where she's just been sort of singing the cameras still and she's just been fantastic doing these these videos, but I, I love her to death. And then uh, what a gift I was given at the end of the year uh, that Paul McCartney made an album in lockdown uh, for, you know, third time he made a pure solo record. Uh, 50 years ago, you know, 1970, he did McCartney all by himself. And then 1980, he did McCartney too. 
And then uh, now in, in 2020, he did McCartney 3, and it's fantastic. It's one of the best things he's done in uh, his solo career. It's truly a remarkable record, uh, all done by himself. But it came out just before the end of the year, and I just played it nonstop uh, since. So those are my big recommendations uh, and then okay. we could, uh, we could, we should, what we should do, maybe the next one we do is like another lockdown sort of, you know, <laughs> what, what, just what stuff we've been watching, because I bet we've been, we've been catching, you know, watching a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, I've my, been watching mainly pornography. Um, well, we haven't done a porn episode yet. So <laughs> I think that's our last episode. I think that's like, you know, just, we can no watch. longer look you in the eye. So let's do this. Um, unplug the, <laughs> unplug the show unplug the show um yeah i um music wise i haven't really like i buy a lot of old lps and such uh but i did i did dig this band uh, i don't even know to call them a band but they're called the sleaford mods yeah and they're two you've heard of them oh yeah i saw i saw them after the first the first record or the second record i saw them at the um the echoplex here in la they were great uh, these i actually had tickets to see them in toronto but we all know how that went. Um, they are just two working class British guys. Uh, it's almost a dad band because they're like in their 40s. Yeah. Uh, really authentic, really good. Like, I guess it's kind of hip hop. And um, yeah. I've, I find them an earworm. And their recent collaborations... There's a couple of songs they've come out with, uh, Mork and Mindy and Nudget. They've collaborated with different female artists. Uh, one of them is uh, Amy from Amel and the Sniffers, uh, a, uh, an Australian punk band. I I probably listen to them every day for the last few months. I'm kind of addicted to their music. Um, uh, Magazine-wise, I you know I, I enjoy Infinity and Shock Cinema, but I... I don't have the luxury of picking those up in a store right now. And of course, yeah, we both, uh, I, I think I'm yeah. like one or two issues behind, but I get infinity every, yeah. every I can find. Yeah. Entertainment wise. Um, uh, I'm mainly, my wife and I watch a lot of YouTube. I mean, she, she watches more series than I do. She watches, you know, things like, um, Snowpiercer and, um, oh God, she's got, she's, she's got a much more full, thing I, I don't commit to television very much but um we watch uh, a fellow out of edmonton on youtube called curiosity incorporated he's a very positive guy who owns an antique store and uh, a lot of good fortune happens to this guy and I, I what i really like about it is it's good things happening to a good guy you know yeah. he, he's a he's a real um i mean he's you know he's a bit of a corny soul and and a bit of a dork at times but uh, he's actually quite, um, uh, he's, it's it, it just, it's a reassuring thing to watch a guy who, um, does the right thing. He's yeah. a kind soul and he seems to have a lot of good luck and I actually find his stuff very inspiring. Uh, and the other thing I watch every day is, um, there's a woman in Minnesota who rescues foxes. Oh yeah. And, um, I think it's called Fox Rescue. And, uh, well, yeah, at five, it's a five minute show like every other day. And she, she just goes out in the yard and plays with the foxes. And, um, I've always been fascinated with those animals. This is, this is not, you know, this is just, just hovering above kitten videos, but it, it does make your day 
because foxes are interesting kind of positive and strange animals yeah um other than that you know um i I, you know like right now and it's nothing new but i've been getting into herbie man music and and stuff like that um were you you know i was gonna ask you by the way because there's a there's a new uh Edgar Wright is did a documentary about Sparks. Yeah, I, I I've seen that, and I, I I I'm a documentary junkie. It's not out yet. It just, I know Dick about that band. I don't even know if I've ever I heard think, them. I think that's something you should do. You should you should start. I'll throw you some titles, but you, I think you would be into these guys. They yeah. they are they are one of a kind. They're hugely influential. Yeah. Uh, in fact, their most recent record, which came out in 2020. Is called uh, a steady drip, drip, drip. The previous one I think was Hippopotamus, but they all their their stuff is you know like there's a song on this new record called called iPhone, and the chorus is like, uh, put your fucking iPhone down and listen to me. You know like some of the, some of them are like you you hear certain ones and you go well that was a big hit in the UK or that one hit the charts in America, and then some that are singles are like very uh, just strange or almost musicalish or something, but they have done it their way there, you know, for, for, for 40 years, 40 some years now that these two brothers, um, and there's, there's such a wealth of stuff out there that I think they've made like 25 records, but I think yeah. some of you would really dig cause it's in that, you know, you who know, I, I even know about them is because they're in a Ramones video. Oh, okay. Cause they did, yeah. well, they did one, they did a tune with Jane Weedland. Did you know about that one? They did a song with her from the Go-Go's. Yeah, I know who Jane Weedland is. I didn't know that. No. Um, yeah, and there was another one they did where they they teamed up with somebody, but they they've been around, you know, and they and they. I think everyone thinks they're a UK band, but they're yeah. they're from America. I, I have no idea who they are. I don't like. I know who they are. Like I, I'm aware of them, but I was watching that that documentary uh, trailer because I was sitting there going like, you know, I'm, I'm aware of these guys, but am, am I? You know, they're they're a bit like. Um, you know, Mum and Shantz or the Kipper Kids. You're you're aware of these acts, but you've never right. actually right. like you've never actually kind of like gone there and listened to them or 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 you know d- deep dove into them. And sometimes you're better for it if you do. Yeah, you like they 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 have a real um, like to the to the to the beat of their own drum kind of thing, but lyrically too. Like like their their breakthrough album in the mid '70s is called Kimono My House. Oh, oh yeah. There was a there was a store called that for years, a toy okay. store. Well, there's two women on the cover in kimonos, and that's the so that's the level of kind of winky stuff that they do. But they, it's this weird like the the the, the singer's got this he's the, where he can throw his voice, and he's he gets a falsetto going too. That's astounding. And then the other brother that never says a word, and he had first he had like a weird like Hitler mustache, and then he yeah had, I remember that guy yeah he's like a pencil thin one, and he never speaks. Or sings, but they—he's just in the background, you know, with his mouth shut, kind of. And they're just—they're—they're they're great. So uh, I'm so excited about that documentary. But it's funny you mentioned Sleaford Mods. It made me—it reminded me that another box set I got—I got a bunch of box sets this year, like an Elton John one and a, a Kinks one. The you know the Lola album—it was re-released and stuff. Uh, Supergrass put out a box set with you know vinyl and cds and a ton of unreleased shit and live stuff whatever i was all set I, it came out just before this this big box set of stuff posters buttons everything in this big set and i was all set to see them on april 1st 
at the Fonda. It was the first show. They had been away for like 10 years. They were sort of broken up. This was their kind of reunion. Let's get back together, play some shows. We'll hit L.A. And I remember thinking at some point in like March or whatever, thinking, well, this is not going to, you know, this, this is, they're going to get a handle on this and we'll be able to go to concerts on April 1st, right? And then, of course, you know, how silly was I? But it got, it got, you know, it never got rescheduled. And as far as I know, I'm still out the money on the tickets or whatever. But I I have Ty Siegel tickets too. Yeah, that was, that was, (laughs) and, and I would also say, because this, again, I forgot this was this year. Uh, Paul Weller is one of my my musical heroes, uh, yeah. the jam, the style council, whatever. He put out another solo record this year called On Sunset, which came out. He recorded just as you know they were wrapping up. They recorded in L.A. and uh, it came out in July. And it man, it got me through the summer because I was really hitting a low point in July. And this thing, and you know, it, but he's got a he's got a song on it called On Sunset, title track, where he's dry. You know, he's talking about. You know, he's not a nostalgic guy. He's he's the, you know, like when he formed the Style Council, didn't play jam tunes on stage. You know, took forever for the solo thing to start. Okay, I'll play some. I'll play a couple jam tunes or whatever. And now he's embraced it all. But he's not a nostalgic guy. And this song is all about when the jam first came to L.A. in '77, with like the you know the, the Runaways and these other acts that were kind of hitting all the clubs on Sunset. And he's talking about driving down Sunset and like you know. You know, I thought I'd swing by to see you. I mean, I, here's me thinking how long, forgetting how long it's been. You know, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, uh, take a uh, take a drink at the whiskey, and, and then move on to the rainbow. And it was like it came out right in July, and this song was like this earworm for me because it was like you can't do any of this stuff anymore. You can't just go to the rainbow or the whiskey and meet a friend for a drink somewhere or something. And he was nostalgic writing it, having spent the time in L.A. again. And then the album hits and, you know, COVID is full swing. And so that was a big record for me this year, too. But I mean, that boy, we kept ourselves busy. We certainly didn't didn't sit around yeah. you know, doing all these things. Uh, yeah. So Slayford Moss, I'm glad you, you dig them. You, I think you, you, you might get into Sparks. You could just start anywhere and see. What oh, you I'll think. give them a whirl. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the mods actually, I actually the the recent um, uh, album, my wife's like, okay, these guys have grown on me. She couldn't stand them over the summer, and now she's like, okay, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> and and she kind of said said something funny the other day. We were like uh, listening to them, and she said, or watching a video, and she goes, that the the lead singer looks like he's been in a fight. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm like, yeah, I, I have no doubt of that. I, I'm pretty sure he's, yeah, he's been that, in a that, few. That, that morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great because it was it was it was a couple years ago at the um, at the Echoplex and it might have been after the f- second record maybe I forget, but yeah. it was like, just the two of them. It's like boy, the overhead on this must this tour must be nothing. <laughs> like just two guys getting on a plane and I just love the other guy just presses play and stands there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. But they 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 resonate they have a they they have a, a voice and it's very good and and um oh excellent i'm glad it's, you- it's guys like me you yeah. know um but right. with that i think i have to bid you adieu sir it is bedtime for brian yeah. and um i'm sure you you have another few hours of the day but um <laughs> yeah i I'll sleep be- now um thank you everybody for watching i'd love to know your 
top picks for 2020. Um, you can let us know in the comments, uh, or you can hit us up in our Facebook group, the Pod Stallions group. Yeah, uh, we love to hear love, from you. Uh, love your notes. We love your feedback, and I'm glad that that the, the the Facebook group has become such a super cool place to hang out. I don't see as much stuff as I should in there or comment and stuff, but I'm going to more. I've just been kind of giving Facebook a rest, kind of sort of, but I see really cool stuff. I'm about I'm about to take a little Facebook hiatus myself. I understand that, um, uh, main, mainly because I want to double down and finish issue three of the magazine. Yeah. Uh, oh, that. Oh, wait. So what am I? What am I saying? Jesus. What am I saying? What am I saying? My favorite magazine, Pop Culture <laughs> Don't of, do it. Of 2020, is the fabulous Toy Ventures magazine that our esteemed, my esteemed colleague, co-host, brother from another mother. Brian Heiler has put his heart and soul into, and they are gorgeous. Uh, I cannot wait for the next one, and uh, you should be real. I'm very proud of you, and you should be very oh, proud you. of what you've achieved. And I think this thing is going to go on forever because uh, there's, <laughs> there's a ton of material, and I know when you put your 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 back into something, uh, you know, you mean it. So it's it's nice. That's what I always say about people. You know, like in this life. You know, provided you're not an asshole or you're doing something ugly or terrible, whatever, you know, whatever you're passionate about, you have to mean it. And yeah. I think most people in this life, they say they mean it or they sort of, oh, have you, have you met Fred? He's a genius. Oh, have you met, have you met Donnie? Oh, he's a genius. It's like, then you've not met enough people. If you, you know, everyone just throws words around. But like, yeah. when you mean it, you can tell. And that whole, what you're doing with the magazine, it's, it's clear, you know, how important this thing is to you. And it's great. It's great. I'm really Thank happy. Yeah. That it's I, one of the nicest things that happened about this is, you know, I was in a kind of a depressed state when I started it. And so many people like, um, well, there's too many people to list, but, you know, like uh, 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 Rob, Steve, Corey, they stepped up and they helped out and they gave to it, just gave of themselves and they made it so amazing. It's great. Uh, it's great. Uh, you know, the, the first batch of guys that made the Monsters article with me, and I've, I've thanked them publicly, and I don't want to miss anybody. I'll just say that the, those folks, um, <laughs> they they really, because, I you know, I'd hate to I'd hate to forget a name. But yeah, you know, yeah. Guys like Sh Shannon and Ray <laughs> and Andrew. Oh, here we go. Um, they, they just gave it themselves because they wanted it to happen, and that, that inspired me. It truly inspired me. And um, I'll just say it now, but I've signed a, a distribution deal with Diamond Comics. So um, the magazine will not right away. I mean, probably in the summer, will start to show up in comic stores. Huge. Huge. Yeah, huge. And well, I'm excited about that. And uh, onward and upward. I mean, I can't quit my job right now or do anything like that. But um, it's it's succeeding. And. I'm really happy to be bringing, you know, print toy magazines back. Um, I've missed right. them. It's I just great. wish that I could open it up and be surprised by what's inside you know? <laughs> instead of like stressing <laughs> over it. But, you know, to each their own, I chose this. And uh, I look forward to the special uh, Jason Lindsay tribute double issue. Uh, well, the, the, the summer special, the toy yeah. winter special or summer special. Yeah, but I'm going to need you to do the whole Burt Reynolds, eh? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. What, which what era do you want? Because I've got a stack of photos. I, I liked Burt Reynolds about five years ago. I do one every month. I've been doing yeah. it since I was like yeah. you know twenty two. So we got plenty here. Oh, groovy. All <laughs> right. 
Well, that's it, folks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Talk soon. Take care. All right, man. I'm, I'm going to go sleep. All but, right, man. Uh, one thing I want.